0: Welcome to the Hope City Church Podcast. We're so excited for you to listen along and hear this week's message. We pray it inspires and motivates and draws you closer to Jesus. Let's take a listen. Uh, we're going to pick up in the book of Isaiah. We've been reading the book of Isaiah the last couple weeks together. We're going to go back to the prophecy about Jesus in the book of Isaiah. So Isaiah chapter 9 is where we're going. Jaden, you can go ahead and start that clock for me. Isaiah chapter 9. One of, one of the greatest parts about Christmas time is the expectation about Christmas Day. You know what I'm talking about? How a month long, in some way, some shape, some form or fashion, people beginning around December 1st, are beginning to look ahead to December 25th. They're excited about Christmas. Maybe it's your kids and they want a big crane, a big toy, or a big. Darth Vader Lego. And your kids talk about it all the time, nonstop, And they're looking ahead to Christmas Day. And they have those chocolate advent calendars where every day they open a new door and they get their chocolate. Like my brother, my brother, I told you a couple weeks ago, my brother has a Lego advent calendar and he opens it every day. He's 35 years old. I don't know what he's doing with a Lego advent calendar, but he's, he's 35 years old. Every day he opens this little Lego thing and what an advent calendar does is it causes you, like if you haven't, who has advent calendars in here, by the way? A few people. Does anybody have a Lego advent calendar? okay okay uh so an advent calendar you're counting down to something you're counting down to christmas and don't you find like all christmas season long you do things like you go look at christmas lights and you get Christmassy drinks you go to starbucks or tim hortons and you get like a peppermint hot chocolate or you get an uh, eggnog latte i don't know why anybody would drink eggnog it is the most it smells amazing but listen guys let's get real about eggnog it's chicken yolks in milk, which I think is a terrible combination for anybody to partake in, and if, if you need to, we will have a deliverance prayer line at the end of the service where we can pray. Now listen, I, I agree, it smells so good, but first of all, I hate milk, let's be real about that, I hate milk, and then adding just eggs to it, it just it seems so wrong, is what it seems like. It smells amazing, I just, I, I just to me, it's such a dichotomy, I love the smell, I smell it, I'm like, I want to try this, and then I think, no. It's chicken milk is what I call it. It's chicken milk. So anyways, you go to Starbucks, you go to Tim Hortons, you get yourself fancy Christmas drinks, you see Christmas movies, you watch Christmas movies. We all know, like if you look at Netflix, it's like all these weird... Cheesy Christmas movies, all these Hallmark Christmas movies that they make in the city of Abbotsford all year long. We watch them make the movie and then they come out at Christmas time and we all sit down and watch the movies. It's the same movie with just different actors and different, like technically different words, but it's the same story, is it not? Yes. But this is what you do all Christmas long. You decorate your house, you put Christmas lights up. Who has Christmas lights up? Yeah. Put them up high so everybody can see. Who all has Christmas lights? Who's the Grinches in here who have no Christmas lights? Evan, Evan is a Grinch, and Mike is a Grinch. No, Michael, you have children at your house. Well, I I am with you. We, We have grown children at our house, and I had to put up Christmas lights. Uh, this year, I was pretty pumped because we got away for like two weeks. We put up our Christmas tree, and all we put in it was Christmas lights, and we got away with it. I was like, yes, this is going to be like a super minimalist Christmas, and no like dragging out a hundred boxes of Christmas decorations, and no put, Jen puts up garland everywhere with lights in it, and it makes a mess. It gets like those little leafy things everywhere in the house, and you're vacuuming like crazy, and poinsettia plants all over the place, and it's like dropping their leaves, and you decorate, and you decorate. We got away for like two weeks until Sydney, who doesn't even live in our home anymore, comes over and tells Jen how depressing our Christmas tree is. And guess what we did yesterday? Yesterday, eight days before Christmas, Jen is out decorating the Christmas tree. Guess who's pulling all the boxes out? This guy, Pulling them all out. They've been in storage. They've been in storage in a barn. We go to get them. And a mouse got in one of the the boxes. And I kid you not. It's like a thousand mice was living in this. There was enough mice turds, mouse turds, turdlets inside this box. To, if you wanted to burn them, they could heat your house for like a year. Anyways. All that to say... All the Christmas season long, when December one hits, you just begin subconsciously, or maybe consciously through a calendar, or maybe your kids keep reminding you, maybe maybe you've got events at work and events at school. And you're constantly reminded that this countdown to a certain day, and that day is Christmas Day. And what happens is, if you'll notice, I'm going somewhere with this, so just hang on a second. You'll notice that by and large, for the most part, most people are a bit more joyful at Christmas, aren't they? Are you sure? Most of you are like, ah. For the, for the most part, for the most part, people are, are genuinely more happy, more full of joy, more able to talk to you, more wanting to talk to you, more excited about what they're doing. People are willing to share in their life with you, random strangers, because they're joyful, because they're all counting down to this one day where we're all in this together. We're all looking forward to something together, and it's causing this expectation inside of you. And what I want to say to you today, and what the Spirit of God, listen, I'm going to tell you my whole point. Point for today, right now. And then we're gonna look at some scriptures together, but the whole point for the day is, we're talking about joy today. And when you have an expectation for something, when you are looking towards something, when your hope, listen, two weeks ago, we talked about hope. Last week, we talked about peace. Today, we're talking about joy. But two weeks ago, we talked about our hope being in Jesus, the Messiah, the Savior, wonderful counselor, mighty God, Prince of Peace, right? That's who we talked about. And when we have our hope in something, our hope causes us to be joyful, When you have hope and expectation of something, it causes joy to arise in your heart. That's why most people are excited and full of joy at Christmas time, because there is an expectation for what is coming on December 25th. Whether it's getting presents, whether it's giving presents, whether it's spending time with family, whether it's you going to see family, whether you're going away, there's an expectation that happens inside of you about this certain day. At this moment, at this day of the month, at this time, this is going to happen, and I'm so excited. I'm looking forward to it. And as you look forward to it, as you are expectant of it that's the word as you are expectant of it, joy builds inside of you. Now, look at the book of Isaiah with me Isaiah chapter 9. We're going to read the first seven verses all together again. Who's got a Bible in this place today? A biblically device? Hold up your Bible. I want to see the Bibles. <sighs> A Bible device. Who's got a Biblia device? A bible device. Okay, 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 okay. That's great, that's great, that's great, that's great. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 1, New Living Translation says, Nevertheless, that time of darkness and despair will not go on forever. The land of Zebulon and Naphtali will be humble, but there will be a time in the future when Galilee of the Gentiles, which lies along the road that runs between the Jordan and the sea, will be filled with glory. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. And for those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. Come on now. We're talking about Jesus. And if this doesn't get you excited, I don't know what will. If this doesn't cause your hope to rise, I don't know what will. Because we only read two verses so far. And it's talking about a time of darkness and despair not going on forever. It's talking about a light that is coming that will dispel the darkness. And if that don't float your boat as a believer in Jesus Christ, I don't know what's going to. We might as well pack it up and go home right here because this is the good news. This is it right here. So... He says, for those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. Everybody loves it when light shines in the darkness, don't we? Nobody likes to go to the dark, scary basement all by themselves. There's a basement down below us. In this very building, you walk down those stairs outside the door. There's a long, creepy hallway. You walk all the way down that hallway and there are two wide doors and you open those doors into a creepy, scary basement. Josiah, my grown son, will not go in there. He's not in here right now, so I can tell you this. He won't go in there without turning the lights on. Everybody loves when light shines in the darkness, because the light dispels the darkness. Darkness cannot stay. I love this. Scientifically, Scientifically, not even spiritually speaking, not even biblically speaking, we're talking about scientifically, right here, right now, darkness cannot stay where there is light. And I believe that's because God wanted to use that to illustrate how his light shines in the darkness and blows it out of the water. Mm -mm -mm. Here we go, here we go. You will enlarge the nation of Israel and its people will rejoice. They will rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest and like warriors dividing the plunder." For you will break the yoke of their slavery and lift the heavy burden from their shoulders. You will break the oppressor's rod just as you did when you destroyed the army of Midian. The boots of the warrior and the uniforms bloodstained by war will all be burned and they will be fuel for the fire. Why? Because he's saying you won't have to fight a war anymore because he's going to fight it for you. Four, verse six. A child is born to us. A son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Beasts. His government and its peace will never end, and he will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of Heaven's armies will make this happen. Come on, somebody. All right, now. Listen, so this prophecy came to the children of Israel in a time when they were in deep despair and darkness, when things looked terrible, when they had been moved away and they were in slavery. And this word of the Lord comes to them and says, this is coming for you. There is salvation coming for you. There is freedom coming for you. There is a light coming for you that will dispel the darkness. This is what I'm going to do for you. And he's going to remove you from slavery and bondage. And he's going to be the prince of peace to you. And he's going to be your wonderful counselor. And he's going to be almighty, everlasting father. This is who he's going to be. And so these people who were in a place of despair and darkness get this prophetic word about something coming to save them and set them free what happens in their heart? They began to have hope and expectation about something that is coming in the future. And what I want to say to you today, and what the Spirit of God wants to say to us today is this. Listen, as these people, as the children of Israel, got their eyes off of their circumstances, got their eyes off of the bondage, got their eyes off of the slavery and the taskmasters, and began to put their hope and their eyes back on Jesus, when there was hope arising in their heart, when hope rises in your heart, joy returns because even though you're walking through hardships and even though you're walking through hard days and dark times and despair and depression and hardness even though you're walking through those things as your hope in Jesus rises the joy will sustain you and carry you through it so what the Lord wants to say to us today is as you put your eyes back on me as you remove your eyes, as you take your hope and your expectation out of these things over here, which are good things and okay things, and they probably help you in some way, and they're all right, but as you remove your soul hope and expectation from those things and put your hope squarely on me, I will bring joy back into your life. I will restore your joy. I will give you joy again and cause you to walk through those things, cause you to walk through those hard times and that depression and those those bondages, I will allow you to walk through those things with victory to the other side, full of my joy, full of my presence, full of my peace. Well, I feel like that's a big amen. Tell you what, I feel like it's a big amen, a big amen, a big amen. Amen means so be it, is what the word amen means. And so when you're saying amen, you're saying, yeah, that's right, I'll take it, so be it. That's the truth. And what I love about the word of God, what I love about the word of God, it's just never wrong. It's not a lie. It is truth 100% of the time. You can take it to the bank. All right, so go with me. We're going to look here in the book of Luke chapter 2. That's where we're going to go. Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. <clears throat> Thank you, Jesus. Is everybody there but me? Well, of course you are. You're just flipping on a phone. <laughs> I'm turning in the pages of my Bible, me and me and Ruth. Yeah. Old school like that. <clears throat> I ripped a page in my Bible last night, and I was devastated. I do not know what I was going to do. Got my scotch tape out and had to tape it back up. I think I audibly gasped. I was like, ah! <gasps> <clears throat> Joy, 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 joy. God is wanting to restore joy to his church. God is wanting to restore his joy to his people. You know what? The enemy would love for us to be a group of people, not us here, other churches, other believers. The enemy would love for us to be a group of people who were just a bunch of sad sallies, big old frowns on our faces, couldn't find anything to be joyful about. Couldn't find anything to rejoice about. Couldn't find anything to thank God about. So when people come in, they're like, I need something in my life. And I feel like Jesus might be the answer. And they go to church and they show up and we're like, praise the Lord. And the worship leader is like, let's praise the Lord. People stand up and like, me, 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 me. clap, clap. I don't want to clap. It's too much work. The enemy would love that. But I'm telling you, the Lord wants to restore his joy to his followers, to those who love him. He's wanting us to be people who are reflections and images of him. The Bible says in Genesis that we are made in the image of God. We have his character. We have his spirit. The Bible says the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives and dwells on the inside of us. Galatians 5.22 talks about the fruitless spirit, which is love, joy, joy, You need to have some joy in your life. If you don't have joy in your life, you're apparently missing out on some of the fruit of the Spirit for some reason. And what I love about the fruit of the Spirit is it's not like the grocery store. You don't get to go there and pick and choose which fruit you want. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. It's a package deal. It's like a multi-fruit all wrapped up in one. Super fruit, like that acai berry, <laughs> whatever that thing's called. Yeah, the one that nobody knows how to pronounce. We all, no, you don't know. We're all, we all have our own way. Acai, that's what it is. Yes, we know how to say it. I know. Please don't call it to after church and be like, actually, it's pronounced like this. <laughs> I grow the berry at home, and I know how to pronounce it. <laughs> Great. Grow your berry. It's fine. God is wanting to restore joy to his people, to his followers. Not just joy where you laugh and you're happy. That's part of it. That's part of it. That's part of it. But God wants you to be full of his joy so that when you go places and people look at you and they're around you, they see something different about you. Josiah, you made it back. I hope you weren't in the basement. It's good to see you here. And I hope if you did go to the basement, you turned the lights on. <laughs> When people are around you, there should be something different about you. That they say, there's something different about this person that I need. No sad sallies. No perpetually sad people where you're frowning all the time and you can't figure out life. We all go through hardships. We all go through hard times. But for us, we've got the spirit of God inside of us that enables us to walk through hardships and life circumstances. Jesus said, in this world, you will have problems. You're gonna have trouble, but be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. So as you walk through those hardships, you'll be able to walk through them with his joy, with his anointing, with his peace, with his presence to the other side victorious. Luke chapter two, we're gonna start in verse eight, says this. That night there were shepherds staying in the field nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them, and they were terrified." But the angel reassured them. He said, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will bring you great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Yes, the new living says snugly. I didn't just put that in. (laughs) Suddenly... The angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. Go back up to verse 10. These, uh, these shepherds, they believe these shepherds were not just regular shepherds, not just any kind of shepherds, but they believe that these shepherds were the shepherds that um, watched the temple sheep So the sheep that were used in the temple for sacrificing were required to be sheep without blemish. And so because they had to be without blemish, the temple had their own sheep, their own private reserve flock of sheep. And so they believe that these shepherds were the ones that were watching those sheep that were used and raised for sacrifices in the temple. And it's to the sheep shepherds that watched out for the sacrificial sheep that the angel of the Lord appears. Which, if you think about it, is very interesting. And so here these guys are, out in this field. The angel shows up, and he says, Don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will bring great joy. Everybody say joy. Joy. To all people. Everybody say all great joy to all people. Listen, when you encounter Jesus Christ in your life, when you come into an encounter with Jesus, he will bring great joy into your life, overflowing joy into your life. Jesus doesn't want you living a life of depression and sadness. When you encounter the Lord, His purpose, his goal, his plan is to create inside of you um, wholeness and completeness. We talked about this last week when he is the Prince of Peace. We talked about what peace means. And part of that meaning of peace is restoration and completeness and wholeness and repairing those things inside of you that have been broken. And so here he is. When you come encounter Jesus, you should leave his presence transformed and changed, made more whole and made more complete and full of his joy. Now let's look at what this word joy means here quickly together. Because we are quickly running out of time. Someone's talking too much. The word joy is the Greek word kara. And it means this, cheerfulness, that is calm delight. Calm delight. Gladness, greatly, to be exceeding joy, to be exceeding joyful, to be exceeding joyfully, to be full of joyfulness, And to be joyous. That's what those parentheses mean. All the different variations of the word joy. And this Greek word kara comes from another word which means to be full of cheer. That is, calmly, happy, or well off. And I love that phrase, those two words, well off. Typically when we hear that word well off, we think of somebody financially. We say that person's well off. But really what that word means, what those two words mean is that person is doing well. They don't need anything. They are okay. They are well off on their own is the full expression. We've just shortened it down to well off. But here's the thing. When you encounter the Lord... With you and the Lord and with him working in your life you are well off because of his joy. His joy goes to work inside of you. His spirit goes to work inside of you repairing and restoring those things that have been broken, returning to those things to you those things that have been lost or have been broken and he makes you well off again because of his work in your life. So when it says when it says that he will bring great joy to all people He will bring great joy. What he's bringing to you is he's bringing to you something that will make you well off because of his work in your life. I don't know about you, but I want to be made well off with the work of Jesus. I want my life to be made whole. I want my mind to be made whole. I want my mind and my thoughts to be well off. I want my my emotions to be well off. I want my body to be made well off. With the work of Jesus, when I encounter him and I come into contact with Christ the Messiah, the Savior of the world, the Prince of Peace, the Everlasting Father, the Wonderful Counselor, when I come into contact with him, I am made well off. (laughs) The Lord wants to restore joy to His people. And this is what joy is. Joy is not just a smile plastered on your face and a quick joke to laugh at. Sure, that could be part of it. You could be happy. Happy is being part of joyful. But joy is calmly happy, it says here. Cheerful. Cheerful, be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. Well off, well off. Just by a show of hands, who wants to be made well off in this place? Okay, so all of us basically want to be well off. Nobody says, nah, I'm okay where I'm at. I like like being kind of gimpy. (laughs) Who was Bob Cratchit's son's name? Tiny Tim, wasn't it? Oh, man. Speaking of Christmas, anybody watched Muppet Christmas Carol lately? I had it on the background when I was working the other day. I don't know why. I just needed a Christmas show and I was doing some, some, some numbers work on my computer, and, and I had the Muppet Christmas Carol playing in the background. And, um, man, that scene in the future where Tiny Tim has died, and they're all sitting at the table at Christmas dinner, and Tiny Tim's little crutch is sitting on the chair. Do you know what I'm talking about? It's a (laughs) tearjerker. I made you sad. (laughs) And Kermit the Frog, who is Bob Cratchit, I just love the Muppets. (laughs) Kermit the Frog, who is Bob Cratchit, they're sitting around the table, and he says that Tiny Tim's heart was as good as gold and better. All right, time is good, golden bear. (laughs) And he just like, I'm watching it and I'm thinking about how God wants us to be joyful. As I'm standing here talking, I'm thinking about how God wants us to be joyful. And some of us are quite content to be tiny Tim and walking around gimped with the crutch. And we're okay walking around and I'll make it so far in life, but I'll stop. But the Lord says, I don't want you to be no tiny Tim. I want you to be made whole and be well off in me. So when you come into contact with me, I'm going to take that crutch from you. I'm going to restore you. I'm going to heal you. I'm going to make you whole and well by my joy, by my presence, by my spirit in your life. And you can take that crutch and throw it away and be well off in me. Is that better? Is that better? (laughs) Okay. Three minutes and 23 seconds. Let's keep going. Go with me to the book of um, Matthew chapter 2. We'll finish up here. This is the story of the wise men coming to see Jesus at his birth, Uh, Matthew chapter 2. And just, you know, as a point of reference for you, um, no one's really sure how many wise men there were. They only assumed there was three because of the three gifts that are mentioned in the Bible. Just, Just so you know, don't, you know... If you read the gospel, it doesn't say anywhere there was three wise men. It doesn't tell you their names. We, we hear from, like, different accounts what their names are, but it's not in the Bible anywhere. But Matthew chapter 2. Um, and just for, for time's sake, I'm just going to recount this to you myself real quickly, and then we're going to jump into scripture. But um, the wise men came. They show up to King Herod, who is a, he's crazy, uh, he, was, he was good at one point in his life. He was a pretty decent king. But towards the end of his life, he got very suspicious of everybody around him. Uh, he began killing people that he was afraid were going to take, take his throne from him. He, he killed his wife. killed his mother-in-law. He killed three of his sons. Anybody who came into the kingdom that he thought was going to come take his kingdom from him, he killed. So at the end of his life... This, this account takes place at the end of King Herod's reign. And so this is when the Magi show up and they say, hey, uh, tell us where the Messiah is going to be born. Tell us where this king is going to be born. And immediately Herod is concerned because here's somebody else who is going to come and take my throne from me. And so he hatches this plot Secretly and slyly, to you know, when you go find the place, tell me where it's at, so that I can come worship too. But what he really wants to do is go there and have this baby killed, which is why he orders all the babies under the year, under two years old, be executed. Okay, and so in Matthew chapter two, in verse nine, we're going to pick up here, and it says, after this interview uh, between the wise men and Herod, the wise men went their way, and the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. And went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother, Mary. And they bowed down and worshipped him. And they opened their treasure chest and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Verse 10 again. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. When you come into contact with Jesus in your life, when you encounter the Savior of the world in your life you will be filled with joy. I'm talking about, I'm not talking about a casual glance of shoulders. I'm not talking about like, you know, you walk past somebody and he's 50 feet away from you. I'm talking about when you encounter Jesus. When you come in to meet him. These wise men have been traveling super super far to come and find Jesus. They were on a mission to find Jesus. And as you go through the gospel you will find over and over again people that were seeking out Jesus. Crawling on their hands and knees through people. Crying out above the the din of the crowds, calling out to Jesus, come and save me, come set me free, come heal me. People were clawing the way to Jesus. Those people, when they encountered Jesus, their life was radically transformed and changed. When they saw the place where the star was, they were filled with joy. Jesus wants us to be people who encounter him, that come on the counter with him, that have deep, deep relationship with him. And as you do, you will be filled with joy, not just happiness, not just an emotion for a moment, but you will feel, be filled with deep-seated joy that will make you whole and make you well off in every area of your life. He wants to bring restorative work to you to make you whole and well by his presence and by his spirit. The New King James translation says, when When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And the passion, I love this one. It says, when they saw the star, they were so ecstatic that they shouted and celebrated with unrestrained joy. Stand up with me. As we move into the season of Christmas, as we have Christmas coming, literally in a week from the day, For most of us, by this time tomorrow, the thing that we've been waiting for all month long... Some of us all year long will be over and done. We'll be counting down to next year again. But as we are moving into this season, don't just keep your eyes fixed on something temporal. Don't keep your eyes fixed on a day. Don't keep your eyes fixed solely on a family gathering. Those are great things. Enjoy them. Have fun. But the Spirit of God is wanting to say this to us today. As you move your eyes off of those things... As those things quit becoming your sole hope and your sole expectation, soul as in only, as you move your eyes off of those things and put them on to me, your joy of the Lord will grow on the inside of you and it will sustain you as you walk through the darkest days that you will ever experience. It will sustain you as you walk through despair. It will sustain you as you make your way through hurts and pains, as you walk through confusion and frustration and things that you don't know why you're going through them, and it doesn't make sense. Why do I have to deal with this? Why am I walking through this? You're saying to yourself, I am a believer of Jesus. I shouldn't have to walk through these things. But Jesus himself said, don't worry, be of good cheer you're gonna have a hard time in life. Things will be hard at some point. You're gonna have to go through some hardship. Don't try and get out of it. Don't try and escape it. Just walk through it with me together because I have overcome the world. And as you walk through it, the Lord will work inside your heart and life, bringing you joy, bringing you strength, bringing you peace in the midst of the storm, enabling you to walk all the way through to the other side victorious. This is the good news of Jesus. This is what we're celebrating. We're celebrating the birth of Jesus, which is for us the good news, the message of the good news, the good news of the work that Jesus did for each and every one of us. God wants to restore his joy. The enemy's tried too long. He's overplayed his hand. He's overplayed his hand in some of our lives and God's saying no more, no more. I'm going to take back depression from you. I'm going to take back those suicidal thoughts from you. I'm going to take back those thoughts of quitting. I'm going to take back that despair and that hopelessness. I'm going to take back that fear that you've been carrying around that I never wanted you to carry in the first place and I'm going to give you my joy And I'm gonna give you my peace, which will enable you to walk through these trials and these temptations to the other side and come out victorious. Because I desire my people to be people of joy, to be people of life and people of wholeness. Because I desire my people to be a light in the darkness, to be a witness of me and my goodness. And so Father, all across this place, we thank you today. Father, we thank you for your anointing, your presence, which always brings healing and wholeness. We open our hearts to you today and we say, have your way inside of us. Work and speak and move, repair, tear out and pull down things that shouldn't be there, Father. Lies of the enemy, get rid of them, Jesus. Point them out to us. Point them out to us right Thank now, it, Father, Father, by your spirit. Show us lies and, and wounds and hurts we've allowed to make a home in our heart. You, Jesus and begin to do a work inside of us that only you can do, Father. Jesus, we thank you for your presence and your spirit. The anointing that breaks the yoke of bondage. Keep your eyes closed. And I want to go back to Isaiah. And as I read this prophecy again, I want to read it again. want you to keep your eyes closed. And as I read this, I want you to hear this as if the Lord is saying this to you, to not the children of Israel, to not people who were alive thousands of years ago, but to you right now, right here in your life, in your circumstances, because he is saying this to you, because of the work of Jesus, this applies to each and every one of us so to those who walk in darkness you will see a great light for those who live in a land of deep darkness a light will shine you will enlarge the nation of israel and you will rejoice you will rejoice before him as people who rejoice at the harvest and like warriors dividing their plunder for you will break the yoke of their slavery and lift the heavy burden from their shoulders. You will break the oppressor's rod just as you did when you destroyed the army of Midian. The boots of the warrior and the uniforms blood stained by war will all be burned. They will be fuel for the fire. For you, a child was born and a son was given, and the government is resting on his shoulders, and he is called Wonderful Counselor. He is your mighty God. He is your everlasting Father. He is your Prince of Peace. His government and his peace will never end. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your spirit thank you for your life. Jesus, we love you. Thank you for doing what only you can do. We give you the praise and the glory. In the mighty name of Jesus, we all said, amen. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you are drawn closer to Jesus and that his spirit, his love, and his life are filling you right now. If you'd like more info about who we are and what we're doing at Hope City, head over to hopecitychurch.ca to find out more. And if you liked what you heard, head over to iTunes and rate the podcast to spread the word so others can hear too. And oh, one more thing before we go. We just want to remind you that you were made for hope.